I speak to you in the name of the living God, who is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, friends. Here we are, the last Sunday of the Epiphany. We made it. Sunday after Sunday, we have gotten a glimpse of Jesus as he reveals to us who he is and what he has been up to in the world. We begin the season of Epiphany with Jesus' baptism, if you'll remember. Do you remember the text where um, it says, And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him with a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you whom I am well pleased. And then here we are today, journeying with Jesus as he takes the disciples up to the mountaintop to pray. And he is transfigured and a voice comes and says, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. I'd like to imagine that our entire journey through Epiphany has been like a journey of ascent, a journey walking with Jesus, listening to him, learning from him while he has shown us what it's like to be loved by him. A journey that will hopefully never end until the day we meet him in glory. So on this final Sunday of Epiphany, What is God up to on this mountaintop? What will be revealed to us on this last Sunday of Epiphany? Jesus had just finished telling his disciples some really hard things. Peter had just proclaimed Jesus as the Messiah, and then Jesus told them that he was going to suffer and die, and in order to follow him, they must deny themselves take up their cross, and follow him. That's a lot to take in for those guys. It's a lot for us to take in too. No wonder Jesus decided to take them up onto the mountaintop to pray. They were probably all exhausted and needed a little time away. I mean, I think exhaustion calls for time away for them and for us. And they needed to commune with God and each other. And Jesus, in his merciful way, he knew this. So Jesus takes them up to the mountaintop to pray. Now I imagine that it took a while for them to get to the, for them to walk to where they were going. And once they reached the top, they had to be tired from their journey. Jesus began to pray. And something incredible happens. The appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. What power there is in knowing that after a long day of hard work and difficult teachings, Jesus took his disciples up onto the mountaintop to pray, showing him who he really was and what he did to receive nourishment strength, and wisdom. He prayed. Jesus, there with the three of his closest friends, 
poured out his heart to God, shared his deepest concerns and joys with his heavenly father. And in the midst of it all, he was transformed. The appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white, or as some translations say, flashed white like lightning. When I think about the appearance of his face changing, it makes me think of that old saying that I've heard, well, if you love Jesus, tell your face about it. I think there could be something to it, huh? I once heard Bishop Curry say, prayer changes everything. I've thought about that from time to time, and I tend to agree with him. Although we don't really know what Jesus said in his prayers, we do know that God was near Jesus in his time of prayer. We know that God showed up and he showed out in a really big way. And I'm not sure if you noticed this, but God didn't change Jesus' circumstances because Jesus prayed. God did not make things easy for Jesus or his disciples. As a matter of fact, Jesus would still have to come down from that mountaintop and make the hard journey to Jerusalem and ultimately Calvary, where he would transform the world by his death and resurrection. I'll never forget that in one of the darkest times of my own life, I was afraid I had been plunged into a circumstance that I was not ready for and I did not see it coming. I was overcome with grief and fear and all I knew to do was to pray. I knew that there was nothing I could do to change the specific circumstance. And it was in my time of prayer that I experienced something that I had never experienced before or even since then. And literally pouring out my heart to God, crying out to him, the Holy Spirit showed up in my life, enveloped me with what felt like a warm blanket and spoke a gentle word to my heart that everything was going to be okay. No, things did not get easier for me. Things never are really easy, are they? Yet prayer changed everything for me in that moment. Prayer changes everything, not because we get a yes to all of our asks, but with prayer, our hearts are transformed as we enter a deeper relationship with the one who drenches us with grace and mercy day after day after day. And speaking of mercy, isn't it cool how Moses and Elijah are up there chatting it up with Jesus about his departure, about his death, resurrection, and ascension? And have you ever wondered what it was all about, why Moses and Elijah were there anyways? There's some really interesting theological points to be made, and lots of people had talked about why they were there and why their presence um, was there and why it mattered. And I, there's no way I could go into all of those. But I have to mention that Moses 
is, of course, the representative of the law. And the Old Testament reading this morning, we heard him um, coming down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets in his hand, and his face was reflecting God's glory. And then our friend Elijah, he represents the prophets, the ones who reminded the people to keep the law. Moses and Elijah, two very important people in the Old Testament, to us and to God. But here's what I noticed. I I noticed or I thought about the fact that Moses never made it to the promised land. Do you remember that? He never made it to the promised land. He worked so hard for God. He was the leader of the Exodus, the one through whom God delivered his people from Egyptian slavery. And after all they had been through together, God showed Moses the promised land on a mountaintop, the top of Mount Nebo. And he said, look, Moses, there is the promised land but you're not going to go. You're not going to make it there. And then at the command of God, Moses died and God buried him. And our friend Elijah, the great prophet, never saw God's work completed. He was carried up to, he never even died. He was carried up to heaven by a chariot of fire and horses of fire. But on this day, On this day of the transfiguration, on this day of the mountaintop, and God's own merciful way of doing things, both Moses and Elijah see all that they had done would be fulfilled in this man, Jesus, who was not reflecting God's glory, but radiating the glory of God. Because of the wonderful mercy of God, the promised land is in plain sight for Moses on this day. And all that Elijah had spoken on God's behalf, it was standing there right in front of them. Those from ages past were in the midst of transforming power of God. I'm sure in their days of walking with God, they wondered and they questioned and were tempted to imagine that their world was beyond saving. And then they met Jesus. I think we can feel the same. We have all heard it said, what's our world coming to? Is our world beyond saving? Day after day, disaster persists. War is still hovering in the air and is happening right now. Brokenness, sin, and injustice threaten human life. Those we love are sick. Our hope wanes from time to time. Bad things happen day after day. It's just the world we live in. And yet, And yet today, Jesus shows us how prayer changes everything. When things are grim and we don't know why or how we're going to make it through, we can go to God and we can pour out our hearts. 
We also see how God on the mountaintop, as Jesus radiates the glory of God, his merciful ways are transforming the world even today. It's there, right on the pages of the living word. Jesus is shown in glory with Moses and Elijah, two great figures of the past, reveals that through the story of God from ages past until now, God is the one who comes and rescues us. What a glorious sight to behold, Jesus radiating God's glory. If you've ever experienced a mountaintop experience, you know what it's like. Everything looks a little more clear and beautiful. It seems more peaceful, maybe even a little quieter and definitely more holy. We want to stay there, don't we? We never want to come down from that time. But the reality is, we can't stay there. We must come down from the mountaintop because down in the valley is where life happens. And Jesus knows this. Thankfully, the story doesn't end on the mountaintop. Jesus came down so that Jesus could finish what he came to earth to do. The truth is, God always descends to save us. Jesus came down from the mountain of the transfiguration with his disciples on that day. He set his face to Jerusalem and finally to the Mount of Calvary. Coming down from the mountain meant that he continued his ministry as a preacher, teacher, friend, and healer. Ultimately, he came down to show us the way to give his life for us. By his death and resurrection, Jesus offers us hope and forgiveness As he wraps us in his loving grace and mercy day after day after day. Madeline Langle, the great American writer, she sums up the transfiguration like this. Suddenly, they saw him the way he was, the way he really was all the time. Although they had never seen it before, the glory which blinds the everyday eye and so becomes invisible, this is how he was, radiant, brilliant, carrying joy like a flaming sun in his hands. This is the way he was, is, from the beginning, and we cannot bear it. So he manned himself, came manifest to us, and there on the mountain they saw him, really saw him, saw his light. We all know that if we really see him, we die. But isn't that what is required of us? Then perhaps we will see each other too. Amen.